Welcome to Functional Medicine Unfiltered Podcast with Dr. Megan Stanga. Join us as we deep dive into the most important health issues of our time. We'll discuss what's really at the root of chronic illness and answer the questions, why can't you get better? What's really wrong with you? And why can no one figure it out? Join Dr. Stanga as she shares the secrets of how she's helping her patients heal chronic illness and get their lives back. Hi, everybody. So welcome to Functional Medicine Unfiltered Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I have a special guest joining me today, one of my patients, Lisa. She is here to share her journey and her story dealing with Lyme. And if you've listened to my podcast, I never call it Lyme disease because I don't feel it's a disease. It's a reactivated infection, but it is something that is really not known. It's underdiagnosed. It's misdiagnosed. And so my purpose in doing this podcast is to share real life stories of people who have battled Lyme and what it looks like and how they found out. So I'm thankful that Lisa's here to share her Lyme story today. So hi, Lisa. How are you? Oh, I'm great. And thank you so much for having me because I'm like you. It's such a devastating experience to have and it's scary. And people don't know they have it. And so that's what I'm here to do too. I just bring awareness to things and, you know, hopefully help. We can help people together. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. So before you came in to see me, you knew about Lyme. You'd heard about Lyme. I think you were even kind of thinking Lyme could have been your issue. What was your perception of what Lyme was prior to starting to work together? Truthfully, I didn't know much about it. I grew up in Pennsylvania and I knew I was bitten by lots of ticks, you know, but back in the, what was that, the 60s, <laughs> they didn't know anything about Lyme disease, I don't think. And so for me, I think I had thought it was Lyme because I went to, initially when I was sick, before I found you, I went to a healing doctor, energy healing of some sort. She did various things and she did some kind of a computer scan on me and she picked up the virus. And that's the only reason that I, and I was like, what? So I really, was surprised by that. I was shocked by that. Looking back though, through your health history in your life, you can now see we were talking about that you'd been having Lyme symptoms for a really long time prior to what brought you in to see me. Yeah. And when you told me that I had Lyme, I actually cried because my whole life I was told I was a hypochondriac. All of the doctors I went to, all the tests I had They would give me antidepressants. They didn't know what to do with me. They just thought I was pretty much nuts, and I thought I was nuts. But I had so many ongoing symptoms, like bizarre blurriness that would not pass for 20 minutes. I thought it was going blind or these panic attacks or all kinds of things. And nobody could tell me what was wrong with me. I had no idea. So it was very clear that once you diagnosed me, that's what it was. Well, tell the story of what it was that happened that brought you in to see me. Okay, well, I'll go back a little ways. 2018, I packed up all my stuff in San Diego. I was in San Diego. And I went back to live with my mother because I just had a feeling she needed me. And so mid-route on the way back to see her, my sister called and said she was dying from breast cancer. So I went back and I lived with her, took care of her completely with my sister's help as well for about six months. And then she passed. And then we had to take care of the estate. So That was a very emotionally exhausting experience. And plus, I drove from San Diego to Pennsylvania and back. (laughs) And then I ended up relocating to Texas. And that was another huge experience. And I was exhausted. I was really exhausted because I did all the packing myself and unpacking and everything. And then when I relocated to Texas, and I was with my significant other, other half right now, we were beginning a new relationship. And he travels all over the world. 
And so we ended up going to Thailand the end of that year. And then the following year, when I collapsed, we went to Italy. That was a big trip and we were there for a month. And I started feeling really weird when we were staying in a house there in Lake Como. I was just, I had all kinds of weird symptoms. I didn't know what was going on. I felt really sick. I felt really strange. And we believe, I can't remember what it was that led us to believe this, but we believe that the house had toxic mold. Yeah. So we had me taking care of mom, you know, that emotional drain, traveling internationally, you know, 23 hours one way or, or more, and then being in a house with toxic mold. So when we got back, my partner's father had passed when we were in Italy. So he left for Ohio to be at his dad's funeral. I ended up in the ER that night with a heart rate of like 180 and they thought I was having a heart attack. So that's how the whole thing started. And nobody knew what was wrong with me. And I think initially I found that first doctor I had told you about that had the computer and kind of scanned me, but I really needed somebody to talk to because I had never felt the way that I felt with this collapse, whatever it was. I felt scared. I was terrified. I had so many symptoms. I I was sure I was dying. And you know, because I complained about that a lot when I came to see you, right? And so anyway, I had all these crazy things happen. You know, my ears were screaming, ringing. They were clogged. I couldn't hear. I was like, felt like I was going crazy. And then I saw another doctor who's a friend of my partner's And he told me to go on cortisone, actually, for my ears to open them up. He thought it was a problem from traveling. Well, cortisone really made me sick. It crashed my immune system further. (laughs) Yeah. That's when everything broke loose. And believe it or not, he looked at me and he said, you need to find a functional doctor. And so I looked in Austin, didn't see anybody there, looked in San Antonio. There you were, called you, and that was all she wrote. Okay. Your story, right, is very similar to everyone's story in the sense that there were precursors that crashed the immune system. And the things that I always see and hear from people is it's the emotional stressors, it's chemical stressors, like, you know, a toxic exposure. There's other things too, but those are some of the big ones that do it. And so then it's like the straw that breaks the camel's back and you're never the same after that. And so you came in and I know like for you, you weren't able to drive for a really long time. I, the spatial was off, the perception, whatever you want. It was just crazy, blurred vision, all kinds of things. Yeah. So I think, and as soon as you started telling me your symptoms right away, and I'm sure I probably said this to you, is like, oh, this is Lyme. This is a classic Lyme case. And, you know, one of the things that I do, the approaches, that I take that is different is that I don't actually ever test for Lyme itself because, I mean, I used to, but I found it's highly unreliable. And so what I do is test for co-infections that are easier, you know, oftentimes to find and then go really based off of a person's health history and symptoms. I mean, it was being that you grew up in Pennsylvania and you were bet, you know, multiple times like, okay, this is going to be pretty clear cut. So then when we talked about Lyme and, you know, I explained everything, we looked at the testing, what were your thoughts then? And also about the treatment that we were about to do. Well, I couldn't believe because I believe the the blood work that you had done, they were off the charts. The numbers were off the charts. Now, I only knew that because you told me that, but I could see it clearly. So I knew something (laughs) was not good in my body, not right in my body. What I loved about coming to you was, first of all, I needed a cheerleader. I needed a lifeline because I didn't know what was happening to me and I was terrified. And you really were that, you know, you were an emotional support. I get emotional thinking about it. I try not to because it was such a, such a crazy time in my life. 
But anyway, you did that. And what I loved also was that you were very confident in what you believed was going on in my body. And you took action right away. Like when I was having the panic attacks, you, you said, let's do a neurofeedback. And I had never done that before. And so I just trusted you implicitly. And, you know, even my partner was like, yep, we're this, she's the one <laughs> we're doing yeah. this. And so I didn't know anything about functional medicine, really. And I didn't really know about immune. What I did was kind of like when I had gotten allergy shots, you know, trying to right. build immune system against allergens, but it was different. And so I just totally put myself in your hands and you took over and I just did what you said. It was hard, but it it was amazing. Yeah, that really is what I end up being for people is because when they come to see me in the state, the fear and the panic takes over and you have to be very confident with these, these people, you know, to say, hey, I've done this many times, just let's go down to this journey together because the journey also isn't easy, right? And that's another thing that I think is really important to talk about. It's not like, okay, great. Now we know, we know what it is. I do have a therapy that works very well, but unfortunately, it could be very, very hard going through the therapy. As you went through it, did you ever have doubts? Did you ever think, I don't know about this actually? (laughs) (laughs) Help me. I felt like totally powerless. I was in the dark night of the soul. I had never been that sick. And I was, I was just scared out of my wits because I had just started a new relationship. You know, fun things were happening. I was looking forward to amazing things. And then this, this thing comes along. And I have to say, most diseases have some symptoms, you know, and some don't even have any, like when I had breast cancer, right? I just found a lump, but I didn't have any real symptoms. But this, I said to you, I had 45 symptoms. I may have had more. And they were so devastating. And I'm not going to say what they are because a lot of them are very unlovely. But (laughs) it was like my body was completely out of control. It was not working. It was not nothing. I was, I didn't sleep for over a month straight, not even an hour a night. And that made me even more sick. So again, and when we started the treatment, you know, a lot of times when you're ill, you know that you're going to get better. You fracture your arm, you know, you've got, you know, six weeks or whatever, or you you have bronchitis and you know, you might have a two month run of it, but you're okay. This was not like that. I had never had a thing that was totally took over my life. I felt like I was battling every day for my life just to keep my head above water. And when I took the vials that you provided, which you might want to, you know, you probably have already shared about it, but it was hard. It made the symptoms worse. It made the symptoms worse. And I think even by the time we got to the end of the full round, which was, I think I was able to drive within five or six months of doing that. So between that and the neurofeedback, it really worked, but I still was having horrible symptoms. I mean, people think things are going to disappear. Not this. It doesn't. It's, it's a, you have to get up and you have to be brave and courageous every day and, and walk one minute at a time. Yeah. That's you can do. And it's long term. Sometimes it it is for me. I'm still, you know, I'm still. Uh, I'm getting better. I'm get. I'm almost completely better. But I still, when I, at the end of our treatment, I still had some pretty severe symptoms. So I don't want to say that it's easy or fast. Yeah. No. I mean, when we look at the total journey, you know, we hit a lot of it down within the first year and a half or so. But now we're talking, you know, really more like three years to really fully be where you want to be. It's not always an easy journey for people. These pathogens, I mean, we were talking about like, you've had them your whole life. You know, you're having symptoms your whole life. They deeply embed into to tissue. And so to think that, you know, 
they're going to just go silent down without a fight, you know, within a few months is just not always everybody's journey and story. What kind of feedback have you gotten from people when you say that you're battling Lyme and neurological Lyme? What support or feedback have you gotten from people? Truthfully, I have gotten a lot of people who've been compassionate, but a lot of people don't understand about Lyme, don't know about Lyme. That's why we're here. You know, a lot of people are walking around with Lyme that are going to all kinds of doctors and getting no satisfaction whatsoever. And they don't know what they have going on in their body. My daughter probably has it. She's still denying it. I mean, I gave birth to her when I had it and she has all the symptoms, but you know, again, you can't make somebody believe that or, or go that route. So I did reach out to a couple of people. There was a newscaster, or an anchor that had it. I can't remember. He was really well known. I forget his name now, but I friended him on LinkedIn because I was going around trying to find people and he had come out with his story as well. I've been on a couple of podcasts trying to share my, my journey because it seems like it's coming out more and more. And when you really look at the podcasts and you look at the articles that are written online, it's now it's becoming a little bit more, which is crazy because it's been around for a long time. But there's still a lot of people. <laughs> like I went to get my blood work done the other day at a, a regular doctor, which I just go for diagnostics. And I can't remember, I talked about the Lyme a little bit, but she took it upon herself to refer me to an infectious disease doctor. And I didn't even ask her to. I'm like, I don't want to go to a Western medicine doctor. They denied my referral because they said Lyme was out of their you know, area of expertise. So it's kind of weird because I have all kinds of books People have bought me and I've been reading and, and everything else. So there's awareness, but there isn't. It's kind of strange. I mean, have you found that too? Totally. No, people, I would say every person has heard of Lyme disease, you know, so there's awareness in that sense that, I mean, anybody walking down the street has heard of that. Unfortunately, they don't really have the accurate understanding of it though. Most people think it's rare. It's not rare. It's the top thing that I see and treat in my practice. And there's different severity levels. So you could come in in, in a more severe state, but then you could also, I see kids with Lyme, you know, and so they're not at the same level you are, but they still have Lyme and it's causing them issues. Everybody thinks it's tick-borne. It's not just tick-borne. Right. It is all different sorts of insects and animals can be sources. It can be passed in utero. It can be sexual transmission. We're dealing, this is a bacteria. It's like, people are like, how did I get it? I'm like, I don't know. How did you get COVID? You know, the right. same way. <laughs> That's how it's transmitted. And then conventional medicine is understanding more. I think like Lisa, have you heard of pandas before? Have you heard of that term? It's a reactivated strep infection in kids. And so they're finally understanding that these pathogens can reactivate and cause problems for people. It's just because testing is so bad for Lyme, they think that it's rare because they can't nail it down very often is where I think that it's at. Yeah, the cost of the tests for Lyme. And then I've just been, when I was in all the Lyme groups, I told you about initially until I left because they were mostly negative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody would say they go get these $3,000 tests done and, and there were like no real results. So right. it's, it's really pointless. Yeah, it really is. I love the way you do it. You know, it's like if this is happening, more than likely that's happening. And you were spot on. You're spot on. Well, it has to be a clinical decision that a practitioner is making more than always like, 
relying on the test because to this day, I can test for certain pathogens. And if I just know based on symptoms and health history that that's what it is, then I still test to get some confirmation. But if it's not there, I'm going to treat it anyways. And that's really what being a clinical practitioner is, is, is it's really taking your experiences too to help someone. What do you think is the biggest thing that you learned from going through the slime journey? Because I know you've written a book. Have you written more than one? I think maybe two. <laughs> no, just this one. <laughs> okay, you're turning boy. Yeah. In Italy. It's Italian. So I have one book. Oh, nice. Thank you. <laughs> oh, actually, we have more. Yeah, I've, w- I've written a bunch. But you had written that book pre Lyme. And I know you had already, the whole book is about, you know, what you've learned on your journey. And so this was a new lesson for, yeah. for you. If I would have known it early on, I would have been more compassionate with myself. You know, I really beat myself up and I called myself stupid. And I thought, you know, I am a hypochondriac. What's wrong with me? My body just doesn't work for some reason. So I learned about myself, about giving yourself grace and space and honoring yourself, no matter what your journey is. I also learned about how important it is to keep your immune system really strong, because that's what I'm doing right now during COVID. I mean, I am just taking mega doses of C and vitamin D and all these things, you know, and I haven't been sick in two and a half years. So I think it works. (laughs) Yeah. And also, I think we need to listen to our bodies, but also if we have children, like my daughter was sick constantly. I think I told you this, Sarah had, you know, scarlet fever, she had meningitis, she had all kinds of crazy things constantly. Now, she was in an emotional situation in my ex in that marriage. But, you know, I didn't know what was going on. And we don't listen to our kids. We think they're hypochondriacs. They're just making things up or whatever. But when a child has so many symptoms constantly and they're in the ER constantly. Something's not right. Something's not right. And I didn't know. I didn't know enough about it. So we really need to explore what's going on with our kids and with our own bodies. It's so funny because we have doctors and we have diets and we have books and we have all kinds of things and we know nothing about our bodies. When I talk to people about Lyme now, most people think, oh yeah, if you get bitten by one, you get a rash and you go in and get antibiotics. End of story. That's what most people know. And that's still, most people are still in the dark then, I would say. <laughs> yeah. So we've made progress in the sense yeah. they've heard of Lyme, but no one knows what it really looks like. And, you know, the comparison I always make is like chicken pox and shingles. You know, once you are exposed to a pathogen, it's just hanging out in the body waiting for the perfect storm to reactivate and wreak havoc on your body. And and everybody's activator is different. For me, it was pregnancy. For you, it was a lot of emotional stressors. There's different triggers that can occur. But when the perfect storm happens, the immune system goes down, all those guys that have been hiding out and, you know, maybe subtly giving you some signs, they now become really loud. And so that is the big thing that I think even conventional medicine they recognize it with some infections, but not all. Luckily, with COVID, there is becoming more awareness of the immune system, how it works, these reactivations post-COVID. What I was going to share with you, though, is what I love because you had me, like we didn't test for all the co-infections, but I had a lot of co-infections. And I knew I had Epstein-Barr and I knew I had herpes, you know, all these things because most of us have all that anyway. But what I think you taught me was that all of those infections in your body create disease, they create cancer, they create all kinds of things, you know, and so I felt like I had a one up on, you know, not that anything's a guarantee. But when I get rid of those infections, I'm lessening my chance of getting something really horrible down the line. So I almost felt like it was this giant house cleaning, you know, and and I, I was like, yeah, give me whatever it takes, because 
I want to get rid of that stuff. And so I almost feel like I wish people would know that as well. Even if they didn't have Lyme, they could come to see you to find out what, you know, things they have active in their body so that they could actually get rid of them. Yeah, to stay on top of it. You don't always have to wait till you're, you know, you can't drive and you're incapacitated. There's different levels, you know, there's just certainly different levels of it. <laughs> Fortunately, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know that. So I am so happy to hear that you're doing so much better. I know that you've even kind of switched courses with what you're doing now with your line of work, which I think that you said, like, you know, dealing with this Lyme journey also opened your eyes, like, hey, you know, life is short. Let's do what makes us happy. So you're doing art now, and that's amazing as well. So super happy for you. Is there a last thing that you want to share with anybody before we close? Yeah, I guess I would just say we're responsible for our own journey. You know, I got through it by doing things like crazy things like, you know, energy work and, and dancing around the house to music just to try to keep myself sane when I couldn't see. And I put affirmations all over my walls and the ceilings. I mean, I went full out. It was like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to die, but I'm going to do everything in my power to get up every day and look towards the future. So I think the biggest thing is that you can't give up. You know, you have something within you that really you can access it. I'm <laughs> biggest weenie on the planet. If I can do it, you can do it. And you have to find somebody also who is a partner in your healing journey and a cheerleader. Like I said, Dr. Stanga held my hand and man, I was a tough one. I came in and I was a whiner and I was emailing her because I was terrified and I was really <laughs> sick. And she, you know, stayed the course with me. So you need somebody to support you and you need to be brave enough to get up and stay the course no matter how long it takes. Did I know it was going to take me three plus years to get better? No, I didn't know that. But it doesn't matter because life happens, right? It's unexpected. Anything can happen. So just be brave. Stay the journey. If you don't get better all at one time, keep going because that's what I've been doing a little at a time and it is starting to go away. So I believe personally you can, I don't know what you think, but I think you can cure it. You can completely eradicate it from the body if you stick with it. Yeah, I would say because that's definitely in the Lyme community, it's this thought of like, oh, you just always live with it. Right. Well, the pathogen can always be there, but you can have it completely silent and not know it's there, like totally symptom free. But it is a different journey for every person. And what I enjoyed working about with you, Lisa, is that while yes, you had some fear and needed some handholding, you always stayed very positive and you never gave up on me either, right? When Because a lot of times it's like when things don't happen quickly, we're kind of like, well, you know, it's just easier to give up. And it's like you did not. You stayed the course and you always stayed very positive through it. So I think that that is a huge part of you have to. You have you have to always be looking at the the strides that we're making because sometimes it can feel like, you know, you're having a setback, but then we have to remember it's like remember when you first came in though. So we're still doing better than we we were. I love the comparison. Yeah. So thank you. Thank I wanna thank you for that. I mean, you really got me through one of the hardest parts of my entire life. And I can't even share how horrible it was. And if I didn't have you, I don't know how I would have gotten through. I mean, my partner, Joe, is incredibly supportive, but he didn't have any you know, clue as to how to make me well. And you yeah. did. And within six months, like I said, I was driving my car again. And it was a blessing to get in the car and be able to see where I was going. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much for your belief in me and for your confidence and for being knowledgeable about how to get to handle this kind of thing because it's tough. 
Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate you taking the time to do this with us today. I know it's going to be so helpful. I do this podcast as much for my existing patients as I do for, you know, other people, because when you're in the thick of it, it's nice to say, hey, go listen to Lisa's, you know, story. And then it gives them a little more encouragement, like, okay, I can do this. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for doing the podcast. Yes. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. I can't wait to talk to you next time. Also wanted to let you know that we're celebrating our year birthday of the podcast. And as a thank you to our listeners, we've created a symptom assessment quiz. This quiz is going to help you to better identify and determine what your root cause may be. So you can access this quiz in the description of this episode. I'm also going to be linking it to all of my social media. So Facebook and Instagram, you can find me under Dr. Megan Stanga and hope that you enjoyed this quiz and that it may point you in a better direction as to what your root causes may be. Thank you for listening to this episode of Functional Medicine Unfiltered Podcast. Please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform so we can continue helping you thrive. For information on how Dr. Stanga can help you with your own health issues, please visit us at www.drstanga.com to learn more.